This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible-reading, gun-toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American. I hereby pledge myself, my person and body to the nonviolent movement. Therefore, I will keep the following 10 commandments. Meditate daily on the teachings and life of Jesus. Two, remember always that the nonviolent movement seeks justice and reconciliation, not victory. Three, walk and talk in the manner of love for God is love. Pray daily to be used by God in order that all men might be free Sacrifice personal wishes in order that all men might be free. I'm sorry, I read that one twice. Observe with both friend and foe the ordinary rules of courtesy. Seek to perform regular service for others and for the world. Eight, refrain from the violence of fist, tongue, or heart. Nine, strive to be in good spiritual and bodily health. Ten, follow the directions of the movement and of the captain uh, of, of on demonstrations. So you're probably wondering, what is she reading? What's that? Like, what is she pledging herself to? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm reading to you what a wonderful person, someone that we all refer to as the leader of a movement, someone who used nonviolence to change the way we all live in this country, someone who actually spent all of his life, his adult life, preaching the tenets of nonviolent, uh, protest and confrontation. And the reason that he created this list is because he wanted to make sure that the movement that he was trying to initiate would be effective, but that it wouldn't be detracted from by the actions of those participating. And so the movement that I'm talking about saw black Americans dressed in their Sunday best moving throughout the country because they wanted to be treated equally in the common spaces, the restaurants, the stores, the gas station, the bus, etc. Why am I reading this now? I'm sharing this with you because the anniversary of the burning of Ferguson happens tomorrow. And we're going to have a press conference at the Ferguson City Council uh, room. That There's a city council building and they have a meeting room inside. And we're going to be there with Mayor Ferguson it's going to be Chris Arps. He's another member of Project 21. And um, he's a radio host here locally in St. Louis. And I've known him for years. And he's going to be there. And I'm going to be there. And we hope to have a lot of people from St. Louis joining us at the Ferguson City Council building tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And I'm going to speak. And Chris is going to speak. And we're going to have a few other people there. Mayor Knowles will speak. And we're going to commemorate the time that has passed by offering Mayor Knowles a copy of the blueprint for, that Project 21 has created. It's the blueprint for a better deal for Black America. And it's 57 policy points uh, and legislative recommendations that we've come up with, the culmination of 20 years of work on behalf of National Center for Public Policy Research and Project 21. And we want to present this to him. Some of the things, uh, to give him credit, they're already working on some of the items in here without even having seen our document, that that just points to the common sense nature of what we've shared. Um, but the reason why I just read you the commitment card of Martin Luther King Jr. written in 1963 is because these were what he, he basically gave everybody one of these and you had to sign it and commit to meditate daily on the teachings and life of Jesus and everything else I shared with you just now. And you had to do that because he didn't want any foolishness. And so what we're seeing around the country is a lot of foolishness because people aren't first meditating on the word of God so that they can understand what their purpose is. What, what is the reason why people are resisting the, this presidential administration? If you ask somebody who's resisting, they don't know. What is the reason why Ferguson burned to the ground? Anger, mistrust. And if you ask people, they didn't know. They just had to make somebody pay. A lot of what we're seeing right now is people don't know why they're behaving the way they're behaving. They're just acting out on their feelings. It's worse than toddlers. I always say they're acting like toddlers, but to their credit, what do you get from a toddler in exchange for some of their antics? Sometimes, you know, toddlers act up, they cut up. Well, 
the main thing you get from them is that they're your child and you know they're going to grow out of this and they have a future. But beyond that, you get lots of snuggles and hugs and kisses from toddlers. They have their juicy little thighs that you sit them on your lap and you just can, you know, they they use their tiny little chubby hands and they play with your hands. And there's a lot of joy in hugging and kissing a little teeny toddler and having their little face squished up against your face when you hug them. You get a lot of really great things from having a toddler. And especially when they start talking, if, if your toddler can talk, just sitting and listening to them talk about things is more than joy and recompense enough for the times that they have their tantrums. But when adults tantrum, you're getting nothing. No juicy cheeks, no no wonderful hugs, no no sweet kisses. You're not getting any of that sweet little, uh, you know, the, the way toddlers smell after they've had a bath. You're not getting anything of benefit. And I want to point out with everybody calling for unity, and we've talked about this a little bit on the show in the past, but I got to say, when people are calling for unity, unless you're talking about the unity that comes from being a member of the body of Christ, then you're not really talking about anything that's real or substantial. And you know why I say that? Because back in the Old Testament, when the Tower of Babel was built, when all of the humanity spoke the same language and was pretty much the same, and they were building the Tower of Babel and God thwarted their efforts by giving them different tongues, he said that we would only be together in Christ. We would only be together when we came together under the mantle of discipleship under Jesus Christ, accepting him into our hearts and knowing that he is our Lord and Savior. That is the only way that we would become unified. And in all other things, we would be disunified. We would not be in unity because the only unity that exists comes from him. So today on the show, we're going to cover a number of different things, but I want to, I want to, I need you um, to be absolutely clear about a few things that we have going on um, on the show today. And that is, so last night I went on and I kind of made the announcement on Twitter because I'd been waiting to kind of share on Twitter what's been going on with the show, the the leaving of, uh, of from Urban Family Talk and American Family Radio and all of that. And it's just been such a journey. And I know, I know a lot of people have been here and been, I think I appreciate you. And I also want to point out, I, I was tweeting about it and some people were saying, Hey, you know, the best is yet to come, et cetera, et cetera. So now we're fully, we fully shared everywhere. Um, sent out an email yesterday. It's all good. Um, but we have a lot to do here on the, the program. We have a lot to do here on this program. And the reason why I, I say that is because there's a lot of information out there that simply isn't true. And there are a lot of people out there who would really, really prefer not to be angry all the time. Um, but they can't help themselves because they're having their heads filled up with garbage by the mainstream media. And that's why this show exists in part is to spread the truth from the biblical worldview to make sure that the biblical worldview is the way that we approach all of these things. Um, so we are going to talk about 71% of Americans saying no to banning the possession of so-called assault rifles. We're going to talk about how new gun laws will not stop mass shootings. Um, and Baltimore being a mess, three big issues the city faces. And then we'll kind of recap the 2020 Democratic race as it stands. You know, we're about a week out of the last set of debates and there's some polling on that. And all of these things, we just want to make sure that we're spreading the truth and that we know we know what we know what we know. Um, and then everything else is just it falls to the wayside. So first of all, let's first get into a little bit of truth on um, we were talking at the top of the show there about Baltimore. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, the issues. And well, actually, we were talking about Ferguson, but Baltimore and Ferguson, all these St. Louis, Chicago, all share a few things in common. Lots of shootings, lots of um, people who are, you know, really just in a bad way. People who are living in America, but not accessing the American dream. Now, I was talking to a friend this morning and I said that, you know, it's it's funny. Liberals never want to talk about the fact that people with so-called black skin, people who are permanently tanned, who travel here and immigrate into this country legally from Nigeria, the Congo, Haiti, anywhere where they, the nation is a majority of black people, they immigrate here, they start a business, their kids go to college, often going on to get doctorates and advanced degrees. And those people, do they never say we can't do X because of racism. They just show up and they bust it. They kill it. And, and if you meet any of these people, you're, you kind of, they're just like any other American, only sometimes they have an accent, sometimes they don't. 
they obviously sometimes they have a name like where they come from. Uh, you know, they're a name that's reflective of the country that they come from. So they don't have a, you know, an Anglo-Saxon name, but they're, they're just as American as anybody else. And they're very high achievers. So what is that? What is the difference between someone who immigrates here, who is dark skinned from Haiti and them being successful, outperforming whites on test scores, just doing, just doing so well here in America, accessing every part of the American dream and a person who maybe grew up in inner city Chicago on the South side. What's the difference between those two people? Well, one of them's never been told their entire life that they're a victim because God blessed them to be born permanently tanned. One of them actually thinks that if if I apply the formula, meaning I go to school, I get a good education, and I stay free of crime, free of drugs, free of you know uh, children outside of marriage, if I just basically follow what my parents are telling me to do, I'm going to be successful. It doesn't matter that I'm black. What matters is the effort that I put in if I actually partake of the culture as it stands. And make no mistake about it, when Nigerians move here, they don't lose their culture. They still cook all of their same foods. They often will wear, you know, dress from their home. They, they, they're, they're very much keeping their cultural, uh, you know, norms. They, they don't give it up. But what they do is they, they look around in America and they see these successful people and they move to live with them. They move to the suburbs. They put their kids in public school. They put their kids in, in Sylvan Learning Centers and after school to learn all the math and, you know, whatever they, to keep them on grade level or above. And then they move through the experience. Their kids play sports. Their kids get after school job. Their kids learn how to drive at 16. They learn how to speak proper English. And they, these kids can still also speak the language of their mother country or the parents' mother country. And then they send them to the best college they can afford, you know, coupled with student loans, whatever. And these kids have the same outcomes as the greater population, the majority of this country being white people. But blacks in America, who we we have the actual inheritance here. This is the part that really burns me up. Americans writ large, if you're a citizen of this country, you inherit the bounty of this country by nature of you being born here to at least one of your parents being an American citizen. And then when you look at what you're born into, it's a land of opportunity, not guaranteed results. So that opportunity then says it's really incumbent upon your parents to make wonderful decisions on your behalf in the beginning. You know, get in again, it's not about being affluent or having the ability to live in a school district that's AAA rated or number one in your state or number one in the country. It, it could be that your parents say we can't afford to live in the AAA rated school district, but we can afford to cut coupons and make sure that we keep our bills low so that mom can stay home and homeschool. And mom joins a homeschool co-op, pays $400 for one homeschool year of curriculum, and then makes it happen for those kids. The highest performing kids in the country right now at the very tip top are those who are in AAA rated school districts, those who attend really expensive private schools and homeschool kids. So you have an equal chance if you decide, hey, we're not going to pay for a $350,000 house in a AAA rated school district that doesn't suit our needs. We're going to just live where we can afford to live, maybe in the city. You know, maybe we're going to buy a house for 85,000. We're going to enjoy a low cost of living and our, you know, my, my, the mom is going to homeschool, right? Um, so it's, it's not about the actual place where you find yourself. You can live in the inner city. You could even be in a poor neighborhood, but if you're determined, like Ben Carson's mom was, Dr. Carson's mom couldn't even read, but she made sure her son's got a fantastic education. In a public school, in an inner city, she made sure they were reading at night and going to bed to the sound of her voice reciting multiplication tables. And her son did the first surgery of its kind. He's an innovator. So it's not about where you live or how much money you have. And if you're a black American right now, and if you're not tuned in to Stacey on the right and some others that I would say, you know, the, uh, the, the. I mean, we really have some fantastic people on the radio right now putting out fantastic content. And I mean, biblically based content that is uplifting. But if you're not one of those people who is tuned into that and you just listen to MSNBC and CNN, then right now you're embroiled in an anger fest over the president saying that there's an invasion at the southern border and two mass shootings that happened that if you don't live in El Paso or Dayton, they don't directly impact you and Aside from knowing the news and praying about it, you shouldn't be spending hours of your day arguing with people online, social media about it. You shouldn't be bringing it up to strangers that Donald Trump said invasion and that means he said to exterminate people. 
right? We're, we're majoring in the minors instead of saying, what can I do to make sure I can partake of the American dream? And that is why the Nigerians and the Haitians and those guys are outperforming the blacks who this is our inheritance. This is our country. We help build this place, but we can't experience the American dream because we're too busy buying into and sucking down the tube of victimhood. We'll be right back. I'm little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spell. No, that like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Okay, kids, Dad's going to teach you how to dance. First, spread your feet apart. Then, a pump your knee, a nod your head, shake your hips, and bite your lip ever so slightly. Now, with one hand in the air, point at people with the other hand. I call that the rock star. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now, make a face like it just smells something bad. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the dog show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, and of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Adkins. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Oh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom, come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for being here. Um, if you know someone who's interested in advertising on a podcast with great download numbers... This is your best bet. Info at StacyOnTheRight.com is where you can find out more. I'll email you back myself um, with some information on the downloads and how you can uh, get your ads playing on our breaks and have access to this fantastic audience. And I got to say thank you to the, pra- the Patreon supporters. And if you're interested in supporting the show, it's Patreon.com slash right. Um, I'm forever in your gratitude if you are a monthly supporter here on the show. We need to grow that number of people. We also can receive your assistance through PayPal. It's paypal.com slash, uh, I was messed that up. Paypal.me, paypal.me slash Stacy on the right. You can give that way too. Um, listener supported radio. I don't need the numbers that I had back over at AFR, but I could certainly use more, um, to get this show, keep it, to keep it running and to keep our costs, uh, covered for, all of the fantastic equipment and everything that we're doing here. 
So right now I want you to hear, I think it's a police chief of uh, Chicago talking about last weekend's treacherous, dastardly, uh, it was just like a really rough weekend for them as far as citizens of Chicago getting gunned down. Here he is. I keep hearing Democrats talk about reparations. I told- Uh Uh-oh. No, that's not it. I met Secretary Cobb. Okay, I don't know if we have that here. Um, I can definitely check on that for next segment. But he was talking about how many people were shot. 57 people, I think. Um, And then on top of the shootings, um, there were... I'm just asking which button that audio is on. Um, On top of the shootings, there were also... Just a kind of crazy, ridiculous uh, amount of, so seven people died. And again, so where's the news story on that? And I understand a lot of news people are tired of reporting on Chicago. It makes them look bad. It draws a lot of negative attention to Chicago and it makes the leadership there look bad and they feel like there's nothing they can do about it. But they actually can do something about it. They can change the policies that they're promoting in that area. But they're not going to because it's perfectly fine to push forward the idea that Democrats have solutions. But then when you look at the results that they're getting and they don't see solutions, then you have to kind of shut up about that, you know, push out some propaganda instead. So pivoting over from Chicago to Baltimore, uh, we all know that Baltimore is dysfunctional. We knew that before President Trump ever assailed the issue. Now, why would President Trump talk about Baltimore? Well, The reason he's talking about it is because it's a great way to highlight what Democrats aren't doing for Americans, and that is bringing them results. Now, remember, this all started with President Trump saying that Elijah Cummings has been a brutal bully, shouting and screaming at the great men and women of Border Patrol about conditions at the southern border, when actually his Baltimore district is far worse and more dangerous. His district is considered the worst in the USA. Now, this was him punching back. Cummings decided to put to punch the president on the border. The, the president is basically saying, worry about yourself and then demonstrating exactly what worry he needs to to execute. Trump said, among other things, that the district was rat infested. Now, Cummings recently criticized the acting chief of the Department of Homeland Security over conditions at the border. So before you start tossing stones and launching bombs at someone else's conditions. You have to come from a place where the conditions are pristine. Am I right? So there are areas of Baltimore um, that are nice. They have sub- suburbs and things like that. It's not like it's it, there's no one there that lives there that's happy there. But they have so many rats, they have a rat hotline. So of course, because President Trump talked about the conditions in Baltimore, it became a national story. A story that made uh, a- an amazing impact because Project 21 members went to Baltimore and helped clean up a huge area there. Um, a guy organized a, a trip. He came from across the country and people from around the country met him there and they cleaned up a huge section of the city. They, they rented dumpsters, they rented porta potties and they didn't stop cleaning until every bit of trash and everything else was lifted out of there. Now that's the American spirit at work and I loved seeing it. But again, why would people from outside of Baltimore, outside of Maryland, need to come in and clean up areas of Baltimore when Representative Cummings is a multimillionaire? Why didn't Representative Cummings just say, look, you know, I'm not going to do this all the time, but I'm definitely going to clean stuff up and show people how this can be done. And I'm asking the people in the community to show up. We're going to have a cleanup day. I'm going to be there with my gloves on. I'm going to help clean this place up. And I want the people who live there to help clean this place up. And then I want to sit down with them and talk about how we can create a plan so it never gets back to this area. Because remember, rats show up when there's trash. Rats spread disease. And having rat infestations means that you, you've got a problem. So trash removal is an issue there. Rodent infestations have become so bad that former Mayor Catherine Pugh, who recently resigned over allegations of corruption, you remember she wrote the children's book, then made all of the departments in the city purchase it. And, you know, so total, totally corrupt. She said in the television interview that she could smell the dead rats while touring parts of the city. Again, Catherine Pugh, who made a half a million dollars selling her book to state uh, departments, 
Why didn't she say I'm donating? I mean, let's, let's face it. My husband and I have rented dumpsters before to do home improvements here at our house. So you can rent uh, an 11 ton dumpster for, and, and fill it and have it hauled away for around $500. Depends on, like if you go over, I think if you go over 10 tons, they charge you extra because at, at a certain point, there's still room in the dumpster, but it's so full that a regular truck can't pick it up. So a, a extra heavy duty size truck has to pick it up and that is an extra fee for the fuel and the, the so, you know, different resource. Um, and that's here in the Midwest. It might be more expensive in Baltimore since that's the East Coast, but I seriously doubt it. Um, any person who has a half a million dollars in profits from book sales could definitely take just 10% of that or 1% of that and they could put dumpsters on the street there and ask people to fill it. They could send different departments of the city out to pick up the trash and put it into the dumpsters that she rented with her own money. And and so this is where, again, liberals just really fail the test of how much they really make their feelings become reality. Liberals are the ones who say that they love America and that they have all these feelings about America. Liberals are the ones who say they love people and they love the poor. Yet at every turn, rich liberals do not take their money and make things happen for poor people. They just don't. They want the government to do it. They want other people to have money taken from them to do it. They have all the ideas, but they don't have any of the action, even when they're rich and they have the means to do it. Now, I'm, I am, I'm honestly, this is what it kind of drives me a little bit crazy. Just think, think through this with me real quick. What if every rich person in Maryland said, we're going to make sure that Donald Trump is a liar? And that anything that's going on with Baltimore, specifically, that Baltimore is at least, very minimum, a clean and safe place to live. What if they said that? So who are the richest people in Maryland? Well, Google is our friend. Although I don't use Google, I use Bing. Um, The richest person in Maryland is Ted Lerner. He lives in Chevy Chase. Um... So I'm going to give you a list of some of the rich people there. And I bet you some of them are Republicans and some of them are Democrats. But the point is, if you really have Trump derangement syndrome that bad, then you probably would want to do something about the way he's talking about Baltimore. So here you go. Ted Lerner is worth five and a half billion dollars. Mitchell Rails, three point seven billion. David Rubenstein is worth three billion. Richard Marriott, two point six billion. Stephen Biscotti, two point six billion. Bernard Saul, $2.6 billion. Bill Marriott, $2.5 billion. Dan Snyder, $2.3 billion. Kevin Plank, $1.5 billion. And Ted Leonisis, $1 billion. It doesn't say what their political affiliations are. I found this information on Celebrity Net Worth. See how easy it was for me to find? I intentionally did not pull it up and have it as one of the show links because I wanted you to see how how simple and easy it is if Elijah Cummings wants to level his guns at somebody and he really believes in wealth redistribution, why doesn't he go after the top 10 richest people in the state of Maryland and ask them to help him clean up Baltimore? Instead of trying to shame regular Americans from around the country who have zero to do, I could get no investment in Baltimore. Why would I? We have our own poor people here in the state of Missouri. We have our own You know, not they're not rat infested. Admittedly, the city of St. Louis makes Baltimore look like like the city of St. Louis is nowhere near. It's not even the same universe that we have poverty stricken areas in the city, but we don't have rat infestations. So why do I need to worry about what's going on in Maryland? How, How come I can't just worry about what's going on in my own state where my taxpayer dollars are actually being used? So, again, Do I believe that it is the responsibility of these top 10 wealthy people in Maryland to pick up the slack in Baltimore? Eh, I mean, that's that's not normally the way I approach things. But I do think that if he if if Cummings wants to attack anybody or have a a hissy fit about the conditions in his district, he's got to be willing to take up the mantle of responsibility himself. He's got to get together with the mayor of Baltimore and say, I'm putting in some cash and I want to put a a call out to the top 20 richest people in the state of Maryland to help me clean Baltimore up. And when we get together and we pool our resources and 
my ability as a member of Congress to come out and get get eyeballs on this situation. We can clean this thing up once and for all. And doing it ourselves means we circumvent this person we don't like named Trump who's talking about us and saying bad things about us. We don't want to give him any ammunition against us. And by the way, we're liberals and we believe in helping the poor and we believe the rich people should do it. So this just fits right in with our mantra. You know, if liberals did that across the country, then conservatives would have to take a moment and say, okay, liberals are actually cleaning up inner cities. They're actually using their, their, their idea, which they believe in wealth redistribution. They're actually getting wealthy people to agree to redistribute their wealth down to poor people to fix problems. The only issue is you and I both know that all of these top 10 richest people in the state of Maryland, they already pay the majority of the tax. Our tax system is progressive. The more money you make, the more tax you pay. These rich people have already paid probably, but amongst the, the bunch of them, billions of dollars in tax over the course of their time there in Maryland. And they probably are thinking, well, why do we need to pay more? You're already scraping us dry with the tax burden that we currently have. So am I making any sense here? Does this not go to what they say they want to do? They want a bigger income tax at the federal level, but it's not because they want to fix inner city conditions with that money. It's not, they don't want to increase the wealth tax so they can put funnel that money back down to poor people. They want it so they can spend it on their projects and give kickbacks to people who have donated to them. And the reason they don't approach Ted Lerner and Mitchell Rails and David Rubenstein is because some of these guys have already written them big fat checks. They've already paid Elijah Cummings campaign expenses through huge maxed out donations. They've already paid. And they didn't pay to clean up the city. They just paid for access. Do you see how that circumvents all the poor people that the Democrats claim to care about? I mean, we're, we're down to the nitty gritty here. If you care about poor people, and you believe rich people should be made to pay for them, instead of getting campaign donations from rich people, Elijah Cummings, why do you not just say to them, instead of giving me the maxed out donation for my campaign this year, how about if you pay that money to this particular dumpster company and this cleanup company? And they're going to go to Baltimore and they're going to clean that street up and they'll do it every six months or once a month or whatever. Also, this a lifestyle management company is going to go in and train the citizens of Baltimore and tell them how to keep their streets clean. Now, I know you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, Stacey, are you kidding me? Well, obviously the people there don't know how to keep their streets clean. The city doesn't know how to keep the trash picked up on a regular basis. Otherwise, how does the trash pile up? Now, I know this is basic. For, for, For all of us, we know if I don't have the kids or myself or my husband, if someone doesn't take the trash out of the kitchen to our trash can that's outside that's picked up once a week the trash will pile up in the kitchen and the kitchen will begin to stink and mice and other things will come into the house and begin to feed on the trash this is so basic you can ask a kindergartner what happens if you don't ever empty the trash and they'll tell you bugs might show up animals might come inside that's what kids would say so the fact that grown-up adults don't seem to know this i know it boggles the mind but we know they don't know this or they've ignored it because Baltimore has a trash problem. So does Los Angeles. You know, San Francisco has the poop problem. I mean, there's there's problems. But again, how does yelling about President Trump or screaming about the border help the people of Baltimore? It doesn't. That's the answer. So this article over at the Daily Signal, which is linked in the uh, show notes at listen.stacyontheright.com, outlines a few things that can be done. Well, three things, three reasons why Baltimore is currently so dysfunctional. And I'll give you the other part of that in just a second here. So first of all, there's a lot of violent crime. A total of 342 homicides occurred in Baltimore in 2017, which was the highest homicide count in the nation for the year 2017. To put that in perspective, according to CBS News, Baltimore's murder rate was twice that of Chicago, a city that has become notorious for its own violent crime. That means it puts Baltimore ahead of St. Louis as well. Uh, but per capita, we're always the winner because we have such a tiny city. So there's an incredible statistic. Baltimore's homicide rate is so high that under current U.S. asylum laws, the residents could qualify for refugee status in the United States. Baltimore residents qualify for refugee status in the rest of the country because they live in a place with a murder rate that is so high. Baltimore has a murder rate of about 50 per 100,000 people, putting the U.S. city in the ranks of Jamaica 
Venezuela and El Salvador in terms of lethality. They also have high taxes and high poverty, crushing poverty and sky high taxes. So remember when I mentioned before about the top 10 residents of Baltimore and how those the, the top 10 wealthiest people in Maryland and how they've already paid the tax. And that, that's probably why they're not willing to clean anything up or pay any more. Well, there's a connection there. High taxes, high poverty, turned off rich people. All right, we'll be back with the last segment. Keep it here. Superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hey, Kevin, thinking about saving for retirement? Yeah, but how do I start? It's easy with Avo, a retirement coach. Let's learn the Avo bet. Taking action. Not anxiety? No, Kevin, you're gonna be fine. You sick? Barely. V is for variety. Huh. Change up my strategy. Okay. O is for optimize your savings. Let Avo lead the way. Visit aceyourretirement.org today. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Some knowledge belongs to us and us alone. The way our girlfriends walk, talk, touch their hair details that only a sister can know about her girls but what about our other girls the ones we carry with us every day our bond with our sister girls gives life but knowing your breasts can save it go to knowyourgirls.org for the facts you need on breast health brought to you by susan g coleman and the ad council listen as a hiring manager i've got to tell you the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate sometimes they're a grad of life Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Okay, forest animals, kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, Turtle. He's not here yet, man. He's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. As we transition back into the show, I wanted to pop over to the chat room at StacyOnTheRight.com and throw that up there for you to see. If you're watching the live stream, uh, Smoke says he used to keep up with the number of homicides in Chicago, but he got tired of looking at the numbers skyrocketing and hypocrites screaming Black Lives Matter. Um, we are not able to take calls today, um, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that we can't take calls, but I definitely want to, um, maybe we'll catch up with that maybe Friday, we'll have call-in, uh, just do call-ins all hour on Friday. And that would be fantastic, um, to be able to talk to you guys. I, I loved, I loved being able to, at the old place, um, lots of callers, lots, it was just really nice. But again, what we have going on now is it's our own thing. And I want to make sure that I'm grateful. I don't want to be, um, ungrateful for what we've been able to do thus far. For being, you know, five or six weeks in and having all the downloads that we have and to be able to still communicate with my, a lot of you, you've been with me for a long time and a lot of you are coming over from the old place and I just, 
you know, I, I gotta be grateful for what we've been able to do. And I am, and I think it's been fantastic. So, um, you can always join the show in the chat room at stacyontheright.com. You can also live, we're now on Periscope again. So we're on Periscope, Facebook, and, uh, YouTube. We like all those places and we're so glad for that. And then of course the podcast, the mighty podcast downloaders. You guys are awesome. You rock. Thank you for sharing the show. Tell your friends about it. Um, I, I kind of feel like the information we just covered, if it was on CNN and MSNBC, um, it would just, it would rock our world if that last segment we just did was on CNN. Um, and I don't mean that like it, because I said it. I mean the information, the actual information that I just shared. If that was out there, if if somebody were to just call Elijah Cummings out honestly and say, you are responsible. The mayor of Baltimore is responsible. Rat infestations don't have to be a thing. I, Katrina said on Facebook, if you don't dust, if you let stuff get super dusty, spiders show up. So all of it has a remedy. There's a remedy for every single issue. In fact, let me give you one from the blueprint, and then I want to move on. I want to uh, make sure we get through all of our stuff from the show sheet. Um, one of the, so let me just run down real quick from our blueprint from Project 21. We are a part of the National Advisory Council, part of National Center for Public Policy Research. You can go to nationalcenter.org and find out more about us. I'm the co-chair of Project 21, along with Horace Cooper and Niger. Uh, and so uh, promoting K through 12 educational choice. We have Project 21's area, uh, areas of focus and key recommendations. Promoting K through 12 educational choice, improving higher education, reducing black unemployment, strengthening faith-based communities, promoting self-determination, improving the relationship between police and black communities, ending excessive regulation, stopping wealth transfer from the poor to non-citizens, reducing the economic harm of excise taxes, and reforming the criti- criminal justice system. And then within this document, see, sometimes when you have something like this, it's like, you know, it's heavier than uh, the U.S. tax code and just the sight of it turns people off because they don't have time to read all that. So what we did was we put it in. See how thin it is. If you're watching, it's thin. It's almost like pamphlet size. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, it's Council Ned is our coach here. I don't know why I said um, so Horace Cooper, Council Ned, the second and then me. The reason it's so thin is because we don't need to give you all the details. What we're saying is we sat down, we studied this stuff and here's what we think will fix it. So instead of saying, well, they're conservatives, they're, they're, they're black and they, no, just don't forget about the messenger. Don't worry about giving us any credit. We don't care. We, we don't care. We're not for profit. We are funded by 300,000 individual small donors on a yearly basis. We're not interested in getting paid for this or, or any of that stuff. What, what we do at National Center and Project 21 is we're just saying, wherever I'm looking, can I see people living in America who could be living better? Yes. Do they happen to be black? Yes. Because that, that's the focus of Project 21. National Center, nonpartisan, their stuff is for everyone. These ideas work for everyone, but the communities that are most negatively impacted just happen to be black. So we're saying, hey, guys, we have some solutions over here. Just take this for free. Take from it what you will, what you think will work. If it works, don't worry about calling us back and saying, hey, thanks. Just make it work and move on about your business. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. People sit around doing research, spend their time creating the document, they hand it to you and then turn around and walk away and never ever say to you, by the way, you owe me money or by the way, you need to give me some credit or I want my name on a plaque somewhere. No. Do you see what I'm saying? So you got all of these blueprint for a better deal for black America and it goes through each one. And then at the end of each segment, there's a each policy area, there's a project 21 recommends. Um, under and some of these things, President Trump's administration has already gone into the deregulation, et cetera, et cetera. Under strengthening faith faith based communities, which was a section that I was really, I just this was this was the section closest to my heart. It had creating tax credit for parents and other family members who pay nursery through twelve fees and tuition, repealing the Johnson Amendment, which prohibits certain nonprofits, including churches, from expressing opinions on candidates for public office. Encouraging pastors, ministers, and religious leaders to participate in the activities of local schools and serve on advisory boards of federally funded social service offices throughout the country to review federal policies that limit faith-based leaders from participating in the provisioning of social social services. And banning abortions performed exclusively on the basis of ethnicity of a fetus. 
this this thing's fantastic. And in addition to the paper copy, which you can get mailed to you, no cost. I mean, I have 20 copies right here in my office. I hand them out too. You can also find this document online. Just go to nationalcenter.org. Click on the Project 21 link and you can find it. Go there. You can download it for yourself. You can email the link to anybody you want. This is, it doesn't get any easier than this. We have ideas. We put them in a document. We've proven it with research and data. And then we're saying to you, just take it, use it, do what you can with it, improve other people's lives. So back to the story here over the Daily Signal. Um, the third thing, so there were three things that they highlight as the reason why uh, Baltimore is a mess. Three big issues the city faces. And I went over the first two with you. High taxes, high poverty, poor education is the last one. Um, I'm sorry, I skipped one. Violent crime, high taxes, high poverty, and then poor education. <sighs> Depressing. Could be fixed. Could be remedying. Could, could be made to be better. Um, so we're, we're obviously, I'm not going to dwell on the whole richest people in Baltimore thing. Um, you know, it, it is what it is. There are solutions. There are things that could be done. Um, and, and again, whatever, whatever the, the, the feelings might be, we have to be in the business of dealing in the truth and making sure that what, what we're putting out there, um, is, so you're basically just blowing air out of your lungs with sound attached to it from your vocal cords, if you're talking about President Trump or that he's a racist or that white supremacy is a problem in this country. Um, I mean, it's a problem just like we have a lot of other problems. But you know what the real problem is? The real problem isn't white supremacy. It's the fact that we have so many people in this country who refuse to admit that for the next you know, year and a half or so, President Trump is still the president and that the real problems that we face in this country are not going to be solved when he's not the president anymore or by electing a Democrat. Um, you know, it's Wednesday. Donald John Trump is still your president. Uh, you know, you can clap about that. You can ignore it or you can get back to your day. But it's still that's the fact. Sky is blue. Earth is still rotating on its axis. God is still in control. Donald John Trump is still the president. What else you got? What else do you have? OK, so. President Trump is, and I'm running down some, some news reports here. President Trump is in a full-blown trade war with China. We, we know about that. Um, a federal appeals court has revived former U.S. vice presidential, vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin's defamation lawsuit against the New York Times. This is a second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Manhattan said that the judge who dismissed Palin's case ran afoul of federal rules designed to ensure fairness. So we're going to see more about that. Red State is reporting that after President Trump drew attention to Baltimore, some of his supporters went down to West Baltimore to assist with the cleanup. And Scott Pressler led over 100 volunteers after the controversy fight first arose in the media. And he was on Fox News talking about it shortly thereafter. So good on him. He got a media hit out of it and he got did some good for some people. And then Josh Krusar has tweeted, Want to know how badly Tulsi Gabbard's hit on Harris over her prosecutorial record stung? And remember this. This was last week where we were all kind of like, you know, we were like those those young kids who were like, you know, falling all over themselves from the, the seriousness of the verbal attack. They were doing a little rap battle. We were all falling over each other over the seriousness of, I mean, it was just a, a ultimate kill that Tulsi Gabbard leveled on Kamala Harris at the debate. And Kamala didn't see it coming. She wasn't even reeling. She just straight up went rigid and fell back on her heels and hit the floor. TKO. Tulsi Gabbard was so cold and so skillful and Kamala wasn't ready. Zero to 1% polling candidate or not, Tulsi Gabbard was like, you're going to go down today. You're going to learn today. And, and Kamala, I think has, it's a, it's a harsh lesson, but she's learned something. So Kamala Harris get this, y'all, is polling at just 1% among black voters nationally in a new Kinnipiac University poll. She was in the double digits before. Remember, I reported on this about a week ago before the debates. I was saying she was at like, depends on which poll you were looking at, but like, you know, 13%, 11%, 14%, and 16%, depending on the poll. So not bad. I mean, you know, she was still in the running. She's polling at 1% among black voters. So... 8% of white Democrats support her. 
1% of black Democrats support her. 30% of white Democrats support uh, Biden. 47% of black Democrats do. Booker has 0% of black Democrats polled, which is why, you know, if, if, if we lived in real life, and what do I mean by that? I mean, if consequences impacted the actions of the media, then Cory Booker wouldn't be able to get on TV. He Even a publicist at five grand a month wouldn't be able to get him a TV hit because Booker's would say, and I mean show Booker's, would say, oh no, he's not polling. Like we're not going to waste our viewers' time with his face on our TV. So less than 1% of the black voters want this guy and he's still on TV every chance he gets. And I know he's a sitting senator, but how many senators are there? A hundred. How many of them do we see on TV all the time? Well, n- certainly not a hundred, not even 50. We don't even see, I'd say maybe we see 20 of them on TV regularly from both sides of the aisle. So he would be one of those other 80 that hardly ever gets on television because he's not polling well. He's a senator. That's as far as he's going because he's not going to be the president of the United States. Not if these numbers hold out. You have to have the black vote in order to win the presidency on the D side. Zero percent for Booker. Uh, Harris, one percent. Woo. So in 2020, I guess it's not enough to just be black. Y'all know Kamala Harris isn't black, right? I'm just saying. If if black means descended from slaves, she ain't it. She, she, she does not have that. That is not her thing. Um, Spartacus also, he is black, but he's, um, he's got some other issues. So I said we were going to go through, I see some other stories here. I'm going to push those over to tomorrow. I said we were going to go over, um, the 2020 Democratic race for president. This is a different article. Um, that one about Kamala. I just, I had to throw that in. That was like bonus material. Um, so on the other front, you have Politico and Morning Consult releasing their polling information from yesterday. Biden, 33%. Sanders, 19%. Warren, 15%. Harris, 9%. Pete, 6%. O'Rourke, 3%. Booker, 3 Yang, 2 Gabbard, 1. Castro, 1. Klobuchar, 1. Steyer, 1. Bullock, 1. Also, I told you about uh, the Kinnipiac poll um, Biden 32, Warren 21, Sanders 14, Harris 7. So that's 7% of white folks. <laughs> Pete 5, O'Rourke 2, Booker 2, Yang 1, Gabbard 1, Castro 1, Klobuchar 1. So ironically, do you remember yesterday um, or last week when it was after the debate and Harris had been TKO'd by Gabbard and she said, well, Gabbard had to make a strong showing tonight because she's one of the second tier candidates. She's polling at 1%. Well, now Tulsi Gabbard can say, Harris, you're polling with less than 1% with black folks. How you like me now? Ooh, wouldn't that be awesome if they just had like a one-on-one debate? See, that's the sin nature in me rising up looking for a fight. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's kind of funny. All right. That's the show for today. God bless you. Share the show. Find us at patreon.com slash Stacy on the right. I am Stacy Washington. Fantastic evening to you. <laughs>